Hi, and welcome to The Circle. You're listening to Journeys to the Self with me, Melanie. Wondering what The Circle is? Check out our website, www.thecirclestockholm.com or our Instagram account, at thecirclestockholm. In Journeys to the Self, every three weeks, with a special guest, we're exploring a specific behavior that guides us through our very own life journey. We're discussing personal experiences, but also keys and tips to better understand and connect with our inner selves while growing and feeling better in our minds and souls. A way to face everyday life in a more confident, energized and clear way. In today's episode, we're focusing on understanding our inner voice and finding ways to nurture it so it can better guide us on our rightful path. I will be joined by the multi-talented Matilda Manstrom. Originally from Finland, she's an entrepreneur, a goldsmith, and owner of her own fine jewelry brand called Manstrom Jewelry, but she's also a great yoga teacher. She's been practicing for more than 10 years and has founded and owned a couple of yoga studios back in Finland. She's now giving classes at Yoga Shakti here in Stockholm. I actually met her while attending one of her classes and was really taken away by her ability to create a unique atmosphere for each and every one of us to fully appreciate our practice. But what truly convinced me to ask Matilda to join this episode and share her own vision of connecting to one's inner voice was when she started doing short meditation lives on Instagram during the lockdown, inviting everyone to take the time, even just for 10 minutes, to connect to their inner voice as a way to heal from the trauma we've all been experiencing for the past months. Talking about the inner voice is tricky because it's very intimate and can take many forms for each and every one of us. Plus, we often tend to relate it to our instinct, our gut feeling, our intuition, that little voice inside our head, to the point where it's either becoming quite abstract or quite concrete for different people. So what should we be listening to? Well, I often talk about the different layers of the self, and the inner voice is nestled within our inner selves. It's that part of us that tries to be objective and push us in the right direction, but that we tend to neglect or not listen to because the other parts of our inner selves, but also of our social selves, are hindering it. Our fears, our doubts, our constructed beliefs are all standing in the way of letting our inner voice express itself loud and clear. But overall, the main obstacle to our inner voice is often our own lack of self-confidence. We don't trust ourselves, and if we do, there is always a part of us that tells us that we shouldn't, ending up listening to anything else rather than our inner voice. How many times have you had that feeling that you should do something or say something, and in the end you didn't, realizing moments later that you probably should have? How many of us have let other people's advice and beliefs cloud our own judgment, even though it's not at all in line with what we have in mind, we decide to follow them anyway? Let's be honest, I've had my fair share of doing this as well, and what I've realized through the years and the many experiences of feeling frustrated by choices I didn't fully own, is that it feels safer and therefore easier to not listen to your inner voice. 
Why? Because if you consciously or quite often unconsciously decide not to do so and make a choice based on other factors than your inner voice, then if you fail, if you feel frustrated, if you're sad, if it doesn't work out, then you're not fully responsible for that decision. And you can easily say, it's not my fault. It's because of this or that. I should have listened to myself. And this is super sneaky because you're blaming yourself without truly blaming yourself. So on one end, since you decided to listen to X, Y, and Z, you can easily blame them for leading you down the wrong path. But since you were still the person deciding to let to listen to X, Y, and Z, instead of your inner voice, you end up still blaming yourself for not truly listening to your own truth. So quite a vicious circle and not so great pattern we have here. So how do we break that? How do we make room for our inner voice to clearly be heard and own up to it? First, you have to believe in yourself and in your own judgment. You are the only one who knows deeply through all the layers of yourself what truly works for you. Yes, that takes time and it's a journey in itself for which most of the time you need a guide, whether it's a therapist or another type of professional, to help you dig deep, cut through the noise, build that confidence and go find your inner voice and what it has to tell you. Second, you need to accept that what you're going to find is not necessarily nice and pretty. The process of accessing your inner voice has a tendency to reveal fears and traumas we would rather have left alone. But what you need to understand is that it's not about solving them right there and then, but about accepting that they exist and are part of you without letting them control you. It requires a level of emotional intensity that might seem scary because, well, we don't want to deal with all that stuff every single day. But again, it's about trusting yourself and knowing that deeply you have the ability to do this and lead with your truth. Finally, the inner voice has nothing to do with magic. Yes, it is connected to your intuition and to your instinct and to a part of you that senses things in a different way. But this is due to it being the most genuine expression of yourself, that ultimate part of you that is dedicated to guiding you in the right direction. Not because of a higher purpose, not because of destiny, not because of fate, but because of you, your experiences, your story, your interesting will to feel fulfilled and be true to yourself. So if you think that there is something mystical about listening to your inner voice, making you feel a bit skeptical or scared, let that thought go. It's not the case. Though I must say that some people do visualize and manifest their own inner voice in this way, but only because this form appeals to them and are particularly open to that. So worry not, if it's not your thing, it won't happen in that way. Which leads me to conclude on one important point. Once you've accepted your inner voice, find what best suits you for it to speak to you. As you'll hear, Matilda actually has some thoughts around that, and she also has a strong opinion on it. And after listening to our discussion again to prepare it for this episode, I'm so, so happy that I'm able to share that with you. I find her thinking super valuable, and I'm sure it will bring a lot to you. Hi, Matilda, and welcome to The Circle. Hello. Hi. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you here today to talk about, uh, you know, our inner voice. Um, we actually had a conversation around this, uh, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago uh, while preparing this episode. And um, I must say that, you know, it has really been very inspiring for me and it has sent me on a journey to 
explore my own way of manifesting uh, my inner voice. So I first wanted to thank you a lot for this personally, um, but also, you know, to take the time today to share your wisdom uh, with uh, our listeners. First, before we dive into the subject, could you maybe introduce a little bit yourself? Um, you know, I know that you're a wonderful yoga teacher and that you also have your own jewelry brand. Um, so yeah, just, you know, share your life story with us and, you know, tell us what brings uh, joy and happiness for you. I am, I'm a goldsmith and, and jewelry designer since five years and I have my own brand Monstrum which is a, a fine jewelry brand and I am doing all the all the pieces by hand in my little atelier here in, in Stockholm and my yoga journey really started when I was I was uh, young I was a teenager um, 13 14 years years old and it was um, quite a random story really I, I just found classes in my local local gym I started took uh, classes that was that was just called yoga it wasn't really something specific and and then I started investigating that and there was something called ashtanga and I got excited and then I, I, I liked the practice but it was it was mostly physical by then I was um, competing quite a lot when it comes to sports uh, alpine skiing and and um, and I was I was doing that on, on on a daily basis, so the yoga felt like a really really good balance to my life. And it wasn't before I was uh, sixteen or seventeen when I met my very first teacher that I started to open up towards this more spiritual part of of yoga, the the, the yoga that is really is <laughs> life, <Yeah. laughs> so to speak. So so. Um, I I felt that you know this is something that I have to explore. I, I I want to to know about about it and and live and learn from it. So so that's my my journey and and it has taken me really far. And it's less about teaching. Really, it's more about uh, studentship, about learning and knowing that uh, it will it will never end. The learning process is um, infinite. So I, I yeah. found that really beautiful. What like was there a specific moment uh, in your life that made you want to share that with people and made you want to become a teacher and not just be a practitioner? No, not really. Um, my my own teacher during that time encouraged me to to become a teacher, and it wasn't really. Um, the, you know, a big 200-hour student mm. um, class, um, you know, something that you do um, going to Bali or, or India or something like yeah. that. Um, it, was, it was more about a mentor, mentorship. And, and we were working or practicing really closely and doing all kinds of fun stuff together, sharing mm. knowledge and sharing um, the asana practice and uh, maybe some of the spiritual practices too. We we build up a really nice studio and uh, um, a donation based studio in in Helsinki where we we invited people to to come and be a part of our community really. So that was a really successful 
studio and and we had so much fun what i what i'm really curious about is uh is understanding a little bit more around um um how you obviously relate you know to uh to your inner voice and how do you cultivate that uh, on a regular basis um but also how does uh, yoga enters uh in that and um i remember you know um when a couple of months ago when we were under some form of lockdown here in stockholm even though it was not a full lockdown lockdown but we were kind of all um stuck at home let's say uh and uh, you started having those live meditations on instagram um and you were offering you know people the opportunity to just you know take 10 minutes i think it was uh, yeah. uh, every evening or a couple of evenings a week to just you know disconnect and i think you're actually the only uh person um in my uh, circle of uh, uh teachers and uh, you know coaches etc uh on instagram that i follow that offered that mm -hmm. uh, you know that mm -hmm. actually offered basically meditation together uh in that way uh and so i'm i'm really curious to understand first you know what made you want to do that um and also yeah how do you connect that uh, with uh, your inner voice and well wow it feels like such a long time ago yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> um some so so many things you know uh, so, so much has, has changed since um well i i remember feeling a bit there was like a, a bit of a conflict inside whether i should go online or offer anything or like what was the what was the purpose of of doing yoga or practicing online mm -hmm. because for me it has always been super important to be in the room with the people and sharing what is to be shared and what is to be discovered um in a, in a group and in in one one place so when i After a few days, when you know it was announced that we couldn't you know, take as many people as normally, and you know there was a discussion about closing the studio and you know mm -hmm. that, I thought that well, if there is one thing that most people will need now during these difficult times, is uh, meditation, a solid meditation practice that doesn't have to be anyhow you know based on achievement or the idea or the goal is not to become very zen or solid or stable or anything like that the idea is is just to have a brief moment of silence every day mm. and what the situation with corona really taught me and i think many many <laughs> is that it became so obvious that everything that we wanted to do um, was to be done during these difficult times and the importance of it become became even more uh, obvious that mm -hmm. you know we we all know that 
you know, I, I should meditate because I'm going to feel good. Mm. But it just never happens. <laughs> yeah. So now it just became even more obvious that, okay, I, I must meditate because otherwise I won't survive. <laughs> yeah. It became a bit more you know, radical in a sense because we realized that we are limited in our lives and, and the only thing, the only help, uh, the only part that will be there to support us is the stable self mm -hmm. so you have to start somewhere right and i thought that if we start meditating on a daily basis on instagram people will maybe be more open-minded towards it they will feel mm -hmm. like well i can try i can give it a shot and then maybe after a little while um, they will notice the change and they will do it on a re more regular basis <laughs> maybe not every day but once in a while so I didn't want it to be about me. That was the really point. And I felt it was, it was a conflict because I felt that a lot of people started doing all kinds of stuff online just to get attention or just not to sink when it comes to yeah. their professions or you know, businesses or whatever. And yeah. I, I didn't want to be a part of that. Um, and and I, I did it. It was it was a very small, closed little, you know, <laughs> thing. Yeah. And I'm happy that some people discovered it, and I'm happy that some people benefited from it. But I think I was a bit nervous about being out there, so mm. so exposed to the cyber world in a sense, because I yeah. I, I felt that you know I. I want to teach something that is unique uh, for a particular time and a particular place and shared with mm. particular people. I think that what really struck me is that we were in a time where we wanted distraction, you know, to kind of uh, uh, cut away from... Um, from what was going on in our world and, uh, and, you know, yeah, you know, looking for entertainment and looking for distraction, not to kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and acknowledge the, you know, the fear, uh, and, the um, insecurity that we were feeling. And, and I feel like you were super brave to, to go out there and offer people, the possibility to actually go deeper, you know, mm -hmm. and to to look at what was important and uh, yeah. and find comfort and find strength within ourselves rather than trying to you know, you know to close our eyes and uh, or look in another direction. Mm -hmm. Well, that's something that this time has really brought up to the surface. Is um, the meaning, like what's what's the purpose of life kind of thinking and what why are you doing everything that you're doing? What's the motivation? What is the what is the point really? And we can ask ourselves that when it comes to anything, but I think too when when it comes to yoga we need to ask ourselves why why am I doing this? Like what's the What's the purpose of my practice? And I would argue that if, if nothing is 
changing within you. I mean, of course, you're going to notice the physical change like I did when I was a teenager. Mm. But if nothing is changing within you, in your life, if you're not uh, seeing a change when it comes to your spiritual growth or mm. your values or your ability to calm yourself down or sit in stillness or being patient or whatever, um, then you really have to take a little moment to look at your yoga practice because yeah. then it's not giving too much to you and you yeah. might losing really important information. Yeah. And I think I would say that that's just the case in general, not just when you practice yoga. I think that if you're not able to go within yourself and mm -hmm. yeah, to, to really explore, uh, what is your purpose? What has meaning for you? How do you relate to the world? How do you, how can, you know, can you live your life in, in, in a way that matters to you? Then it means that there's probably something wrong. <laughs> yeah, but those are those are so big questions. I think that's the yeah. that's the the problem, and that's also why it's so scary to sit with yourself in still mm. stillness or silence because all this stuff is coming up to the surface, and most people don't want to to see that because yeah. somewhere deep inside they know that something isn't right and. Mm they are too afraid to, to make a change. So yoga, what, it, what, what we want to do when we are really reflecting on, on the self is to kind of ask ourselves, like, how is life? <laughs> how am I doing today? And it's not based on the past. It's not based on the future or achievement or, or you know, work. <laughs> Definitely not. It's like really purely and honestly, Asking yourself, like, how am I? How am I doing life <laughs> in general? And then just watch all those answers and all, all those things coming up to the surface. And then we can start to you know, work with that information. And the, the asana practice is, uh, is an amazing tool to, to, to get closer to the self and to start to notice what the level of reactivity in both the body and the mind is and you know everything we do during asana practice is really collecting information mm. and if we are ignoring that you know then we we're just exercising yeah exactly <laughs> well, you know it's just you know it's just another fitness class and that's yeah. okay as well but Then again, we're back on square one or we're back to the question or the realization of um, nothing in my life is really changing. Besides, I might be healthier when it comes yeah. to my body or yeah. I might look better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So how do you cultivate your inner voice on a regular basis and uh, how do you make sure that you're connected to it? Well, first of all, I, my situation is, is, is funny because uh, a big part of me, I mean, the biggest part of me is, is uh, living, trying to live yoga uh, on, a, on, a, well, on a daily basis. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then I'm I'm doing all kinds of stuff that you know sometimes um, isn't maybe aligned with that or you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm also human I also uh, become anxious from time to time or I feel alone or you know I, I question my actions or my my you know my path even mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's yeah. because I have these other big thing in life of um, of the goldsmithing the jewelry making mm. and the more I've been reflecting on what I really do is that uh, I want to keep everything as open as possible and um, I feel like I'm floating around and I'm just trying to be so in the moment that I know I can I can trust myself and I I I can make those great decisions that will propel me towards um, even greater decisions. So what is what is tricky is that um, I find myself really often in a situation that I become so distracted or hyped by something that I has to do with with um, my jewelry or or anything in life that I I feel like oh no I forgot I forgot to stand on the ground with mm. my feet <laughs> standing yeah. on the ground connected to what's really here and I I constantly notice that and I want to become masterful in just taking note and then from time to time stop and sit in silence and connect to what's really here and and uh, connect to my heart and look deep inside and, and uh, think about what, what I want to do next. So it, it's really not, you know, it's not different from, from anyone else. I just think it's more, more awareness. And I think that's what... Also, my practice is quite a lot about these days is to be aware of what is going on. I mean, if you're not aware of the fact that you are feeling sad or angry, you you can't really do something about it, so to say. You're yeah. just so deep inside, uh, identified and caught up in an emotion that you don't know where to go next. So I think if you or anyone who's listening now ever have felt that, okay, in the moment of um, turbulence or what to call it, you become aware of the fact that I am feeling sad or angry or stressed or whatsoever, then that's a, that's a very good beginning. That's, a, <laughs> that's a already a glimpse of being able to step out of the situation and look at the self from above. Yeah. Uh, I think that's something that really happens when we are practicing yoga. Um, and, uh, and the practice of yoga doesn't have to be being in a room with a bunch of people and doing all kinds of poses. It can really be anything and it's, it's highly personal. Yeah, I completely agree with you and I've experienced it firsthand as well. I think uh, 
I'm very good at getting distracted by life in general and by, you know, work and social life and worries and fears. Um, and, you know, it goes on and on and on and on until I reach a point where I feel like I can't take it anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like, I'm, it's so tiring. I'm so like stressed. I'm so tired. And where I'm like, I need a moment for myself. And I need to reconnect with myself and I need to reconnect with my inner voice to guide me and to reassure me that I'm going in the right direction. Sure. Um, and, uh, and I, and, and, you know, I know that, but at the same time, I really struggle to actually make it part of my life on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And, um, And I think it's because, as you said, um, it's, you know, it requires some effort, uh, and some courage, let's say, to actually be able to sit with yourself and be honest with yourself and take a moment of stillness to, um, take in all the emotions that come in when you do something like that. Yeah. And... And so, yeah, I'm, I, I'm really wondering how can we make it less scary, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, if we take a few steps back and, and we think about what, what yoga kind of investigates in, um, is that we want, to, we want to look at everything we do when we're not doing yoga on the mat, for example. Mm. Um, so like what, what, how does life appears when we're not physically doing our very best to become, for example, stable or mm. zen or feel good about ourselves. Mm. Um, so if we, if we start there, we can then start to look at what are the habits what are the things that you repeat over and over again? Thoughts, feelings, arguments, um, all that stuff that isn't really serving you. Um, when we have identified that, we can start to train the mind and become so powerful that we have more power than the habit itself. So I believe that if we just first become aware of the fact that I do all this stuff over and over again, like you said, you get carried away until you can't take it anymore. Then you realize that something isn't really right. So how can you, how can you notice that before it has actually happened? Exactly. And the best thing to do is to, on a regular basis, every single day, stop and reflect just kind of check with yourself where am i now it doesn't have to be um, complicated it's not about feeling you know all you know swept away and you see the magical light or you see (laughs) whatever people are talking about what they're seeing because that's not the point the point is really that you stop and you check how am i doing and then yeah. you carry on because then suddenly your thoughts are so much more clear. You see the world uh, with, you know, 
with more clarity than than a five, five minutes ago and you know suddenly everything turned out to be so sharp you know exactly what to do and how and you have a direct in life direction in life and 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 it can it can happen in like the more we the more we practice to foster that's gonna happen really it can you know it can happen in 30 seconds yeah it's <laughs> right so it, it's really not about you know making a fuss about it you just you just have to learn how to how to stop and i think what really motivates me is that full phrase how can i become stronger than my thoughts how can i become more powerful than my habits i i completely agree with you and um, and especially on the part where you're saying that um, it's not about um, you know the the end goal and and what you would uh, see you know you were talking about the magic light and i think that that's really funny because i completely relate to that um i tend to have very intense uh, meditation sessions and whenever it's not the case i think there is something wrong and it's when it's absolutely not true i think that we also have to accept that um nothing like this is not has nothing to do with performance this has nothing no. to do with like um yeah like a goal or an objective it has only to do with being in contact with your inner self and just checking that you're still aligned from within yeah and i think that we have a tendency to ignore that um, for so long mm, and and we don't do anything about it unless uh, a crisis hits for example yes that's uh, also true and uh, and that maybe is, um, is really coming from the fear of the fact that change is scary And we don't want to change anything because that, again, is a habit. And the habit is rooted in you. And it's, well, most of the times, it's really tricky to get rid of a habit. So yeah. we need to talk about habits that are less about, you know, eating candy. is more about how do you think of, you know, yourself or yeah. what are, what kinds of thoughts do you have in your mind those kinds of habits and yeah. it's so funny because if, have you ever been in the situation when you, you it's like you notice that what, what what is this thing like i should have reacted in a different way but now i'm not and yeah. you you go like you become all perplexed you're like what what just happened And that is really a sign of spiritual growth. That's yeah. when you have overcome um, a mental habit, like a thinking habit, and you realize that I don't have to react in a certain way because, you know, it's not serving me anymore, for example. And I think that is super interesting. And that's when people who are starting to meditate or Or, for example, doing deep relaxations or practicing yoga nidra, uh, when they are start starting to have these kinds of sensations, they start to realize that yoga 
works. <laughs> and, uh, and I mean, you can, you can do as much asana as you like, but that's not going to change anything in life. That's not going to, that's not going to solve any problem. It will never, it will never do. So, so I think, um, if you, if you really want to go deep and change your life on a profound level, then we start to, we will have to start to first become aware of what is going on in the mind. Yeah. And it's a first step. It's a, it might look like a difficult and unreachable step, but it's uh, really crucial and, and it's not that complicated to take it actually. And um, would you agree to say that it's also about maybe letting go of control? Yeah, there is a, there is a beautiful expression saying that the more, the more you let go, the more supported you are were supported by the universe when you really think about it if you have the strength or the courage to let go of the control and really open up to the unknown really extraordinary things can happen and they're not they're not coincidences they happen for a reason and most likely because you have for years and years and years moved towards a direction without even knowing it And what we try to do in yoga is also to kind of systematically propel us towards those things where we're supposed to go and become like make, making even better decisions and, and being, being even better human beings. Um, so kind of try to speed the whole process up just mm -hmm. to get even more out of this life and just to to become even more tuned in with all the realities that exist. Yeah. What would be, you know, a couple of learnings that uh, you think are important to share with people in order to help them in their journey um, to better, you know, connect and cultivate their inner voice? Well, I've been lately really fascinated about this um, teaching, telling that there is a part Um, of you that is unchanging no matter what it was a realization when I when I, I deeply understood the meaning of that teaching if, if there is a part of you that is unchanging no matter what is going on in life no matter what the circumstances in life are then we can always 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 be joyous and happy and free and that's the very core um, that's the very uh, the very idea of, of living a life of purpose too to understand that my happiness is not related to the circumstances around my happiness is not dependent on what is going on in the outside world And, of course, it's, it's easy to argue that, but all this bad stuff is happening to me. Like, I can't do nothing about it, right? And then you feel shit. Yeah. But then again, what about the good stuff? It's so easy to say that, you know, I feel so tuned in with this world because this amazing things is happening to me. But that's only because, you know, when life is just, you know, 
floating when everything is feeling amazing you just have you, you don't you don't have to witness um, that very source mm. too much um, but then again if we tune in with uh, with the unchanging part of us we tune in with the joy and we learn how to to go there the obstacles in life start to feel less problematic because we have something to trust, something to rely on. And I think it takes, it takes quite a lot of work to, to, to be able to, to trust the process of tuning into that unchanging part of you. Yeah. You know, the kind of joy that we were all born with, you know, a kid is, is super happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a kid is super happy because he or she hasn't yet learned how to be devastated. So we are, the older we get, the more we learn that life is hard. Okay, we can learn that life is hard, but we also have to remember that there is that little space deep inside of you that is the happy kid, no matter what. And when we start to learn to think that way, we become so much more free because we're not mentally or spiritually or physically or emotionally identified with all the bad stuff in life. We are suddenly free from all that and we can continue with less of a burden. When we had a discussion discussion before, we were also talking briefly about, you know, the different distractions in life and how how the distractions can block um, mm-hmm. the the creativity and the um, the way of uh, growing spontaneously and just taking actions that simply feel feel good. You know, mm. so there is there is another expression saying that a distracted mind doesn't have a path, and that's that's quite harsh. That's yes, I was going to also say. true. <laughs> yeah. That if like if your mind is so distracted all the time that you never listen to yourself, even like how how on earth are you going to have a, a direction in life, really? Yeah. Uh, so that's why it's so important to, from time to time, just stop that uh, mm-hmm. movement in the head, because the head is like the the mind can come up with all kinds of stuff, and then yeah. we can go back to the whole idea of thinking that how on earth are we gonna be able to become stronger than the mind, mm. and then you're on the on the path again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, and. Um and again, I think it's important to remind people that, yeah, of course, <laughs> that quote that you've just heard is quite harsh, mm. but we, you know, and so it's, it, it's supposed to, to reveal, um, something within ourselves. And, mm. uh, but at the same time, it's not about, uh, you know, wanting to be the happiest or wanting to be the most spiritual being on earth it's about being true to who you are and making sure you know you are fully living your place in the world 
Yeah, I, I was thinking about that quite a lot um, a couple of years ago, and and that's when I really found out what what I was longing, and that was uh, that was freedom. And first, I was I was confused because I thought that well, I am free. <laughs> I can travel wherever I want to, and <laughs> I can I can do whatever I want to. But but it's, that's not the same as being being free on an emotional or even spiritual level. Yeah, freedom, that's so, so true. Freedom is is for me at least is about being mentally less engaged with all the stuff that isn't really important at a particular time, a particular, you know, situation or, I mean, related to someone else, really. Like, yeah, freedom, freedom for me is so much more about having peace, having a peace of mind. And I think that that's something that a lot of people lack of and they're not even aware of the fact that they're lack- what they're really lacking is freedom. And quite a lot you can do yourself just by what, what we've been talking about, just by you know training the mind. Okay? Mm. And then some other things that is so much more hard is to really make those changes in life. And I think when we were talking previously, I was I was telling you about when I had a realization that I felt, you know, that I am free, but when I really dived deeper into the whole core, the core of it, I realized that I am not because I am way too attached to another person and that person's lack of freedom. And it was, it was, um, I, I tell you this example because it could be anything in life that keeps you from being who you really supposed to be. It can yeah, be work, true. it can be a relationship, it can be a physical place, it can be a home, it can be money, it can be you know, a city. It could be it could be anything that we have just decided not to see because it's it's too sad to approach it. And when I realized that I have to be able to let go one way or another mm. because otherwise I'm going to be devastated. Yeah. I am never going to be free. And you, you, have to, you have to make an active decision to let go of something that you feel too attached to. And that can be emotionally really hard. And it takes time. It definitely takes time. That's why people have crisis, <laughs> yeah. age, age crisis, because they have went on and on and on for 10, 20 years. Yeah. yeah, but then, you know, you don't have to be alone in that process. Yeah. You know, there are, you know, out there so many people. Uh, <laughs> I think most of can... us are yeah. in that kind of situation yeah. at some point in life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and also that uh, that can either listen to you or guide you or give mm-hmm. you the tools to sure to, to to you know move forward my 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 classes are really often about in a certain pose taking a brief moment to reflect on how how we're doing and then we're not going to look at how we're doing in life anymore we're going to look at how am i doing right now 
Mm. Am I being less reactive or more reactive in this particular moment? Am I judging myself? Am I judging the room, the class, or the teacher even? (laughs) Am I, uh, you know, am I dying to get out of the post? And maybe the most important question, why? Yeah. (laughs) Why is that? So... The, the it starts it starts from 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 becoming more aware of of what is going on on a daily basis and then we can deal with the with the bigger things in life and then everything turns out to be so obvious you know you have practiced for quite a while and then you feel ready to let go and, and it feels good there is there is nothing negative about the letting go part anymore yeah it's really cool yeah that's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything else you want uh, to share uh, with the circle community? Well, 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 I have a couple of things maybe I, I'd like to I'd like to share. And something that I, I see quite often during class, and it's when, when people are are having a hard time knowing when to when to stop um, kind of speeding things up. Because there is a part of, of at least when it comes to, to the physical practice, um, that if you, if you put too much fire into, into the practice, you're going to end up burning up. All right? So I find, that, I find that really important to... Just for, for students to know when they go to a class, the goal is not to become strong. That's a symptom of the class. The symptom of the class is you becoming stronger. So if we're pushing ourselves too hard, you might become exhausted. And if you feel at the end of the class, I am exhausted, it's just a sign of you having pushed yourself too hard and not knowing your limitations. And it doesn't mean that you're weak. It's just, you know, it's just a little sign of, of uh, today, today, <laughs> you should take it more easy. And then maybe tomorrow you have a new chance to, <laughs> to do the same thing all over again and it's going to be different. And that's great. So I think, I think it's, it's, it's dangerous to, to push the body and the mind too hard because you're just going to burn up. I mean, you have probably heard of people practicing or being yoga teacher. They had a burnout. I mean, what's that? <laughs> to be honest, and and that's 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 um, that's the case when you you haven't um, honored the, the boundaries. Mm. Because there is also a part in yoga that's saying that you have the ability to move beyond your limitation and, you know, you become stronger than we ever thought and all that. And it sounds really attractive. But if, if we don't know how to play with the fire, it becomes dangerous. Yeah. So there is actually an expression when it comes to, to yoga saying, okay, something like this, um, knowledge without power is ineffectual, right? Mm-hmm. But power without knowledge is dangerous. Mm. So that really that really means that if we know a lot of things about you know the aim of yoga, but we're not powerful enough to to really embody it, nothing's gonna happen. 
And then again, if we have a lot of power, but we don't know how to use it, it becomes really dangerous. So it's all about the balance, right? And and um, and we we must know these these things when we step into a room and we must also be aware of these things when we are doing all kinds of you know fancy poses for example I, i'm yeah. nothing wrong about loving fancy poses but please do them with a great deal of of mindfulness so that you mm. not so that you don't injure yourself if there was one last thing that is you think the most important, what would it be? The most important. Well, there is. Okay, let's 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 take it from from a quote. <laughs> Buddha. Yeah. Buddha described um, a clear mind um, as one moon, ten thousand moons. All right. So so if we have if we if we witness if we see a lake um, that is completely calm, okay, it's like mirror blank, and then there is, and then there is a moon shining bright. It's, it's late at night, right? Let's say full moon, and and if you look at the lake and there is a storm in the lake, which is in this case the mind, and you see ten thousands of different moons in the lake we can't we can't see the world clearly because there's going to be 10,000 different versions of reality right? mm. so the whole the whole idea of, of looking at the mind as a still lake is that when the lake is still and you see one clear reflection of the full moon, the bright moon, you see one version of reality. Hmm. And then we and then we can, you know, continue doing life with that one version. Hmm. So just just for for everyone to 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 reflect on like when when is my mind so distracted or so in turbulence that my versions of the here and now is thousands and thousands versus for once in a while stilling the mind and, and see life really clearly. Because it's quite easy to be physically physically pure you know you can eat and you can exercise and, and you can uh, do all kinds of stuff with your body it's going to keep it pure but mental purity is the hardest part so that's that's what we want to want to practice to become mentally purified mm. and it doesn't have to last well the well, we, we aim to have that purity last for the rest of our lives. But let's take a few steps back and try to have that, like to, to sustain the mental purity for at least a little while. So after the class, when, when you, let's say, you are the embodiment of the still lake, you, you wake up and you go out of the room and, and you feel at peace, you can immediately start to think about how long do I want to be in this kind of place? 
because that's not going to be taking away from you. You can choose to stay there. And you can have, you can build up the power, the, the, a, a structure that is stronger than, you know, immediately have you pull away from a state of stability. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. I think, you know, it's a, it's a lot of food for thought, but at the same time, it's kind of a, like a, a wake-up call. Sure. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and uh, at least, you know, for me, when, when we talked about it last time, it was a wake-up call, you mm. know, and I... Yeah, <laughs> that's lovely. Yeah. And, and I was yeah. like, crap. Exactly. I, am, uh, <laughs> like, I need to get my shit together, you know? <laughs> yeah, because no one else than yourself mm. is in charge of, of your life. Yeah. Or how life is going to turn out to be. I mean, yeah. you can't blame anyone but yourself. And that, again, is quite harsh. So that, that's, that's the whole core idea that your happiness or your stability or your, how successful in life you are in general isn't depending on anyone else or any other circumstances. It's then up you, to you. Yeah. It's like yeah. all up to you. But I think, you know... Um, The way you present it, for me, I really interpret it as like it's an active choice that you have mm. to make every day. And yeah. also what it only takes, let's just say, is for you to be honest with yourself. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're not asking you to be super wise. We're not asking you yeah. to be super knowledgeable around or super spiritual. Of course, that helps, of, you know, but it's only about being honest with yourself. At least yeah, for me, true. I think. Yeah, true to the self. And and um, I, I also love my teacher, my current teacher said to me, have you ever been in a situation where you know what to do, but you're still not doing it? Yeah. And you know exactly what not to do, but you're still doing it. <laughs> Welcome to my life uh, for the past couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's just so funny, and and that that's just the ultimate example of how foolish the mind is. Uh, that it takes those active choices to move away from from um, being uh, ruled by by the, the own mind. You know, yeah. And as you said, you know, it's a. Uh It's, uh, it's all about training and, you know, it seems a little bit uh, hard and it requires work, but it's just training mm -hmm. a little bit uh, every day and, uh, yeah. you know, little by little you get there. And, and, and as you said earlier, one day you realize that uh, you would react to something in a certain way and now you're not reacting to it anymore yeah. in the same way yeah. and you gain that feeling of emotional freedom. Yeah, that's amazing. And it sounds really magical, doesn't it? But it's just a very natural process of, of growth. Yeah. And most of the times it starts by identifying the obstacles too. Like not only looking at what I want in life, also being aware of what you are constantly doing that isn't helpful. Getting rid of stuff that is just kind of feeding the obstacles and they they are very often we are super often not even aware of them 
we we don't know that we're doing stuff on a regular basis that isn't supporting our spiritual or uh, even mental growth. Yeah. Thanks a lot, uh, Matilda, for all of those great advice. I think that um, <laughs> you know you have sent people on a journey, on a quest for themselves, and uh, I really hope that. Uh, You know, we will uh, have helped a couple of people at looking at themselves in the mirror and finding the will to to be active, yeah. as we said. Yeah, and and one last little thing is is that it, even though it, it all sounds very complicated, I mean, for for many it is overwhelming. Where we feel like, oh, where should I begin? Mm. Um, I think. The very first step is to to rem remember to be kind, just to to remember to be kind to the self and the people around, and be you know be be loving, because that's that's something that all philosophies and all religions and all spiritual teachings uh, are telling us: be be loving. <laughs> period, and. Uh, addressed with the, it will sort out <laughs> yeah life will go as you want yeah that's really really true and yeah. i think we tend to forget that a lot especially the part around being kind to yourself yeah that's probably the hardest part mm -hmm. yeah yeah wonderful yes <laughs> thank you so much again matilda thank you it was a pleasure talking to you Yes, likewise, and uh, I hope we will have uh, other super inspiring conversations in the future like that. Yeah, me too. Bye. Thank you. I'm really curious to know what you think of Matilda's perspective and way to cultivate one's inner voice. So feel free to reach out to me either on Instagram through our account at The Circle Stockholm or in our Facebook group dedicated to this podcast, www.facebook.com slash groups slash journeys to the self. I must say that for me, this discussion with her has really opened my mind around what way suits me best to truly cultivate my inner voice. And in the end, I think it's really about how you can easily integrate that process in your daily routine. As Matilda said, meditation helps tremendously, and so does yoga, and I will actually be sharing in our Facebook group a short meditation focusing on connecting to your inner voice. But if you're not into that, ask yourself how you can create some moments of silence and quiet that are needed to let your inner voice be heard a bit louder every day. It could be as simple as committing yourself to take four long deep breaths every two, three hours, no matter what you're doing or where you are, to disconnect from your surroundings and take a moment to go deeper within yourself. It could be also every morning, right before jumping off of bed, taking five minutes to relax while listening to soothing and comforting white noises. Maybe it's a moment you take to yourself to enjoy your morning tea or coffee without any distraction when you sit still and block away the noise. Or it's a short walk you take on your own after an intense day at work when you let yourself be guided by where your inner voice tells you to go. No matter which way you choose, commit to it for at least two weeks and see where that brings you and how it makes you feel. If you feel uncomfortable, it's okay. Give yourself time and try for another two weeks and maybe experiment another way. 
Be gentle with yourself and trust your ability to understand how your inner voice wants to manifest itself to you. Just keep assessing where you are along the way and if you still feel that something is not working out as you would want to, always keep in mind that you can go talk about it with a professional. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share your comments and questions directly on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash journeys to the self or via our Instagram account at thecircles.com. Enjoying this podcast? Then contribute to its growth by rating and reviewing it on the podcast platform of your choice. This will be of tremendous help.